0: Welcome back to another episode of the It's Just a Game podcast. So today I'm going to do something a little differently. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. The Eagles game is two hours away. So I'm going to pretty much discuss what I think is going to happen during this game. Honestly, if I'm being 100% brutally honest, I really don't expect to win this game. And I listened to a lot of sports radio yesterday just leading up to it. I see a lot of comments. And a lot of people are very, very optimistic. I wish I can say I was in that same boat. I really do. You guys know I'm a huge Eagles fan. I mean, in public, I'll never admit this. I will never, ever say, now nah, the Eagles are going to lose. But this is a safe space for me to tell the truth. This is my truth serum right here. I'm under oath. Hand on the Bible, gun to my head. If you ask me about this game today, I probably would say, The Eagles have little to no chance to win this game. And the only thing that would have made it okay is the Dallas Cowboys losing. But then I realized that they played in New York Giants, so that's not going to happen. So we enjoy first place for one week, but I think that ship has pretty much sailed, at least for this week, maybe later in the season when we start playing – you know, worse teams and the Cowboys continue to lose against the better teams. I mean, we play the same team, so it could even itself out. And we know the last couple of years we've gotten hot during the last three, four weeks of the season. So it could happen again. But this is not a game that looks good, either on paper or on the field. I mean, you think about all the situations where one, two and one, we tied with the Bengals. We barely beat up a Nick Mullins slash CJ Beathard led team. And you expect us to go to Pittsburgh and beat that defense? They have a top five defense. I mean, I look across the field and I see guys like Stefan Tewitt and TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward and Mika Fitzpatrick, Bud Dupree, Devin Smith, Joe Hayden. I see so many playmakers on that defense. I look at the offensive line in the trenches. I see David DeCastro. I see Marquise Pouncey, who's been good for about a decade, been one of the best centers in the league for about a decade now. It's crazy to me. And so I watched all of the Eagles-Steelers games over the last couple of years. You remember 04? That was a blowout. and Then we pretty much got him back in 2008 where we sacked Big Ben about nine times, I think. And then 2012, we went, we, we, we went back to Pittsburgh, and we—I honestly thought we got blown out that game. I really thought that was a blowout because 2012 was such a bad year. I kind of just assumed, but I really didn't remember that. But we only lost the game, 16 to 14. We left the field with the lead, and the Pittsburgh Steelers just ran off the clock with about six minutes left, and. We got them back in 2016 when we blew them out on 30, with 34-3 in Carson Wentz's rookie year. But this is pretty much their time for revenge. Last time we won the game in Pittsburgh was 2000, the year 2000. We had got like Stanley Pritchard and Jeff Thomason. So it's going to be tough. I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a blowout. If they can even keep this game close, I would be surprised. Our offense is just not good enough. I can't expect a team with no offense, no firepower for real, especially I don't think Deshaun Jackson is going to play today. And, I mean, you think about Deshaun Jackson. In the year, and a couple of games that he's been here, he's had one game where he's re- made really any impact. Outside of the Washington game uh, in week one, what has he really done? Besides be hurt most of the time. So we don't have the explosiveness. The only way we can win this game is if we just run the ball down their throats, which I don't think is really that possible. I mean, we can run it consistently, but we're not going to run for 200 yards against this team. And maybe if last week showed us that the defense can actually make plays. That's the only way we have a chance to win this game is that the defense actually – Go out there, forces a turnover, and even returns one for a touchdown. That's pretty much the only way they can. This game can go the Eagles' way. Uh, I just wanted to say that before the game started. Caden, what do you think is going to happen? You think the Eagles going to win, or you think they're not going to win? They're going to win. Good job, Caden. That's the only reason I picked that. Okay. Good kid. Because I knew you said don't be on the the other person's team. Ah, smart kid. That's what I'm talking about. So there you have it. My son Caden said they're going to win. So I take back everything I just said. so you know how when you're in school and there's that one class that you know that you didn't pass and you know deep down in your heart that you're failing that class i mean come on you've been there all year you've been there all semester you know what your weaknesses are you know what your strengths are but that one class is not one of your strengths and you know you're failing that class and then your report card comes out and you look down at your report card and you just hope and pray that maybe you didn't fail that class. Maybe there's a slim chance that you can get a C or even a D, which is a passing grade. But you see that F on that report card and it still breaks your heart. Even though you knew that it was coming, it still breaks your heart. That's what happened today with the Philadelphia Eagles. I knew that they were going to lose. I even said it probably it probably was going to be a blowout. Honestly, I I much rather have just gotten blown out. They actually had a real shot at winning this game, a real real shot. So when they were down thirty-one to fourteen, it seemed like the game was getting out of hand. They were down. Uh, By 10. And Carson Wentz threw the interception. It's a timing route. Zach Ertz got bumped. It threw off the the whole timing. Looking at the throw again, I don't know if that throw would have got completed even if Zach Ertz was on time. And Carson Wentz didn't really want to take accountability, which to me was a big problem. Because after the game, he really did not want to take any accountability for that interception. He said it was an unfortunate situation to me when you're the quarterback and you have nine interceptions on the season I think you're the one that has to say that was on me you don't get to blame the defense you don't get to blame Zach Ertz for that I mean you can read between the lines it sounded like he was kind of blaming Zach Ertz for that maybe I'm wrong but that's what I got out out of it but when it went down to 31 to 14 I'm thinking okay this is pretty much what I expected and I'm just like you know what I'm not even mad like honestly I really wasn't even mad when they were down 31 to 14 this was it and the thing that pissed the thing that really pissed me off I didn't even realize the Steelers hadn't scored 30 points and I think it's like 22 games or something like that so of course when they play us they scored 30 points I mean, I'm pretty sure they played a lot of bad teams. I mean, they played the Bengals twice a year. They played they played the Browns twice a year. Even though the Browns have, yeah, you know, last year they were okay. But I'm pretty sure if you look at the schedule, they probably weren't playing no great teams. You're telling me they never scored 30 points, but they scored 30 points against us? They're 3-0 this year. They didn't score 30 points once this year. They didn't score 30 points against the Giants? The Texans? But they scored 30 points against us. That's what pissed me off. But I will say, when they were down 31 to 14, I thought the game was over. But they did not give up and they rallied back. Now, I will give them that. Now, again, there are no moral victories. We always say that. We say that forever for everything. Every team does not get a trophy. There were no moral victories. We're professionals here. You have to, you play to win the game. Hello. In the words of Herman Edwards. But they did fight back. And this guy, Travis Fulgham, is a player. I'm telling you right now, I'm about to go in NFL shop right now and order this guy's jersey. I have to make sure he's going to stick around, though. Excuse me. Yes, I have to make sure this man sticks around before I actually buy some gear from this kid. But from what I look at, he's about to do this number 13 pretty good justice. Now, Nelson Aguilera, I know a lot of people hate this guy, but he did get us a Super Bowl. I know he wasn't what everyone expected, but we have to start with the Nelson Aguilar hate. But Travis Fulgham is definitely going to make this number 13 look good. Every time they threw the ball to him, the only time he didn't catch it was the third down they went for in the fourth quarter right before Jake Elliott missed that 57-yard field goal. And Joe Hayden was all over him. And Carson Wentz just tried to force him the ball at that point because he had the hot hand. And why not go to the guy that was catching most of your passes all day? But every other play, every other time he went to him, he caught the ball. There were third downs when he was wide open. There was a play when Carson Wentz uh, got his way out the pocket and threw it to the middle of the field. He was there. The touchdown, he was wide open. Uh... Trying to think, there was one where he had to go up and get the ball. There was one where he was running like a, a deep crossing route. He took a hit, bounced off him, and got a couple more yards. So this guy played amazing today. Now the bad thing that happened today was Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson ended up getting hurt. So of course we we finally have the same offensive line for two consecutive games, and he ends up getting hurt. So th- who knows what that what's going to happen there, but that might change that might change the offensive line once again. The best thing about the offensive line is continuity. When the offensive line plays together, they usually become good over time. Even if you don't have the best individual players, if you have the same five guys, they will get good over time. We have guys coming in and out the lineup, and you have guys getting hurt and coming back. And, like, trust me, if Jordan Molotai... If he actually plays the rest of the season, I guarantee you by the end of the season, he will become a good player. Jeff Stoutland is an offensive line coach. He will become good. What the Eagles can't have happened is they can't have Jason Peters say, oh, I'm healthy now and just put him back in there. We have to transition to a youth movement at this point. Just like with the wide receiver position. We have to move away from Alshon Jeffrey. We have to move away from Deshaun Jackson. I said this in the the intro to the show. Deshaun Jackson has given us nothing. Deshaun Jackson gave us one good game. That's it. But you guys wanted Deshaun Jackson back so bad, right? And yes, it was all fun and games last year in the first game of the season. It was cool. But what has he done since, besides be hurt and post it on Instagram? What has he done? Nothing. I really don't want to talk about this game too much because I have a a Steelers fan coming on with me. I'm going to do that for tomorrow's episode. So I really don't want to sit here all day and talk about this game. But like I said, I was just really frustrated the way they lost the game because they had a chance to win. They had a chance to at least take the lead with Jake Elliott. Now, I think it was four minutes left. When Jake Elliott just missed that field goal, if we could have got a couple more yards on that third down, I think he would have made it. But Jake Elliott is usually money. But Hans Field is a hard place to make long field goals. In. That has been very well documented that Hans Field and 57, 58, 60-yard field goals just don't mix. But if anybody can do it, it will be Jake Elliott. Now, like I said, if he would have made the field goal and Pittsburgh would have got the ball back, they'd probably go ahead and take the lead. they probably run all the clock out. But it would have been nice to at least take the lead for a half a second. It would have been. Now, Carson Wentz didn't play great today. He played okay. I mean, most of his plays went to Travis Fogum. I mean, Zach Ertz was a a non-factor pretty much. I mean, he had the one catch in the red zone for four yards, and that was it. I don't know what's going on with Zach Ertz these last two weeks. Greg Ward had a couple catches. Offensive line played okay, I mean, considering the defensive line that they had to play against today. I mean, Wentz wasn't under too much pressure. He had some pressure, but it wasn't as bad as, let's say, the Washington game. It wasn't that bad. But I will say the referees were terrible. I don't like to sit here and blame referees. Actually, you know what? I'm lying. I do. I love to blame the referees. And the referees were terrible today. I'm not saying that are the reason that the Eagles lost this game. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that they made some terrible calls. There were two passing interference calls on Darius Slayton, I think, the first half. One, the ball was thrown out of bounds. And the receiver was pushing off of him. And again, the ball was thrown out of bounds. The ball wasn't even catchable. If you're going to call illegal legal contact, sure, give him five yards, whatever. You cannot call pass interference and give him a spot foul on a ball that wasn't even in the, in the field of play. Come on, man. We've been watching football for how long? We know how this works. Come on, man. They called a passing the on Jalen Mills in the end zone. I think in either the third or the fourth quarter. They called a face mask on Brandon Graham in the fourth quarter, which helped them get their, their last touchdown, I believe. Never saw that face mask. And if you've seen that face mask, you please let me know. But I swear to God, there was no face mask of any sort. And the way Brandon Graham reacted to it tells me that he did not touch anybody's face mask. And the fact that Fox didn't show the replay tells me that he didn't grab that face mask. I watched the play over again. I watched the game when I got home. I still didn't see it. I just don't know. There was just a lot of nonsense today. There were bad calls on both sides. There was a rough in the passer against um against Carson Wentz. I forgot who the Steelers player was. That was it wasn't it wasn't a rough in the passer at all. So, I mean, it went both ways. It's not just it went all in, in their favor. It definitely was terrible in, in both, uh, both sides of the ball today. But like I said, I don't want to sit here and blame the refs all night. That's not what I'm going to do. But they were pretty bad. So... Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the Eagles all night because I have a Steelers fan coming on with me tomorrow and we're going to at least try to talk more about this game and talk more about the Steelers. I do want to transition though to a little, actually no, before I get to the basketball, I'm going to say to Dak Prescott. Now, anyone that knows me, anyone that listens to this podcast knows how much I hate the Dallas Cowboys. What I saw today was one of the worst things I've ever seen that Dak Prescott injury was terrible That was brutal to watch And even as an Eagles fan, I'm a football fan. I don't want to see any player go through that Now the thing that really pisses me off honestly about football fans are the fantasy football fans because when someone gets hurt All they care about is their fantasy team I mean, you don't even worry about, like, the guy's livelihood or, oh, he's injured. Like, let's think about his broken leg or his broken arm, his torn ACL. Yes, I get it. The millionaires, they, they don't really need your sympathy. I, I know that. But come on, have a heart. No, no one cares about your fancy team. This is real life here. I mean, when you, if you fell off your roof or something and someone said, oh, this affects me. You're messing up my part. No, stop worried about yourself. Don't worry about the guy. Have a heart, please. And when I saw Jason Garrett coming out to the field, when I saw Mike McCarthy coming out to the field. When I see the guys in the press box were like hugging, like, I don't even know who it was. I don't know if it was somebody hugging Jerry Jones or what, but you saw the crowd and you saw the, the players on the bench, the way they had their hands in their palms. I mean, they're, Heads in their palms. You saw the way they were reacting to it. You saw Dak Prescott, the way he had the towel over his head. You saw the way he was crying as he was getting Carter off the field. That gave me goosebumps. That sucked to watch as a football fan. Like I said, as much as I hate the Dallas Cowboys, I would never, I would never, ever wish that on anybody. There isn't a team I hate more than, there isn't even really a team that I I don't like. I mean, even I'm listening to about the finals and everyone's saying, oh, I hate the Lakers. I hate LeBron. And there's really no no team in any sport that I really hate that much. Except for the Cowboys, because that's my division rival. There's no random team I hate. I don't understand why people hate LeBron James. I never get that. But we're going to get to that. Actually, no, we're going to get to that right now. I don't. We really have to appreciate lebron james if losing kobe bryant has told us one thing appreciate the superstars while they're here we did that for kobe bryant why can't we do that for lebron james why is there so much lebron hate? this man won the finals mvp with three different franchises do you realize how hard that is he wasn't just a player on the team that was like riding the bench, and he won three rings with three different teams. He was the star player for all of those teams. I don't even think it was really possible for him to live up to his potential that he got while he was in high school. But I think LeBron James actually did. I mean, sure, should he have more rings? Maybe. But he has four. I mean, four rings now. I mean, you could try to discount it because it was a bubble. You could try to discount it because Anthony Davis helped them a lot. Whatever you want to do, maybe you can discount it because they got a lot of rest in between, between March and July. Whatever you want to say, and I'm sure Skip Bayless is is flipping through the pages right now as we speak, and trying to come up with different excuses as to why. This is not one of LeBron James' biggest accomplishments. Again, I don't think there was a way he could actually live up to his potential, but somehow he did. If you were around in 2003, if you were actually old enough to pay attention, you realize how hyped up this kid really was. Just think of Zion Williamson times two. Think of Lonzo Ball times ten. Every single person that was hyped up is can't even be close to how LeBron James was hyped up. That 2003 draft was overly hyped. You had uh, Chris Bosh. You had TJ Ford. You had Dwayne Wade. You had Carmella Anthony. It was really LeBron and Melo. That was the two guys. But LeBron was top of the top. LeBron was the guy where I don't care what position you have filled. If you got the number one pick, you're drafting LeBron James. That's how good he was. How many high school games did you really see back in 2003 on ESPN? No one ever heard of St. Vincent, St. Mary. No one knew who that school was. No one could have told me where that school was before 2003 or 2002. I mean, he was a junior when I first started hearing about him. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I believe, as a junior. If my memory is correct, I could be wrong about that. I just really think we need to stop hating on LeBron for these nonsense reasons. Always too cocky. Like I mean, would you not be cocky if you were crowned the king at 17 years old? I don't know about you, but that would definitely get into my head. Oh, he he left uh, Cleveland to go to Miami. Um, would you rather live in Cleveland or would you rather live in Miami? Would you rather keep playing with guys like Damon Jones and Anderson Vergile and whoever else was on that team? Or would you rather go play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Boss and try to win a championship? Because when it gets to a certain point in your career as an NBA player, it's all about championships. Individual numbers don't matter. Individual numbers matter mm, about your first five years, really. I'll give it your first five years but once you hit that once you get hit superstardom it's about championships I, I don't care about your numbers i've said this before it really doesn't matter and i don't know why we give damian lillard such a pass i mean damian lillard is a superstar correct so why does he not get the same exact criticism that other players get I said this about Kawhi Leonard back then, but now I'm just sitting here thinking, why does Damian Lillard not get that? If you're a superstar player, your team should be a top four seed every single year, no matter no matter the circumstance. And then Damian Lillard always wanted to run on Twitter and talk this and talk that and talk about how he should be all NBA and how he should be that. But where are your ranks at? Everyone talks about him being loyal. Oh, he's staying with Portland. He's loyal. He's loyal. He's loyal. He's loyal. Okay, but what has that got him? I'm just a firm believer that championships matter more than individual accomplishments. I don't care about y'all NBA numbers. I don't care how many points per game you average. I don't care how many deep threes you can make from the logo. I don't care about none of that. How many rings do you have? How many championships do you have? It's a double standard because every time we're talking about LeBron and Jordan, all we do is say Jordan has six rings, and that's all they have. They don't consider the fact that LeBron is a better rebounder. He's a better passer. He's probably not a better defender, especially at this point in his career. He used to be a better defender, but probably not anymore. I just feel like people are still mad at LeBron James for going to Miami. That's the worst thing that he did in his career, really. I think he's having a pretty good career if the worst thing he ever did was... Have a show about him going to South Beach. Just saying. I just think we really need to stop picking and choosing what superstars we want to go after and what superstars we're going to just baby. LeBron James is that son that you have that just gets all the flack all the time. Every time he does anything, it's, why why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And you got guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. You got guys like that that are just, they're the younger brothers. They're the ones that, whatever, no matter how many mistakes they make, oh, it's okay, they're young. Oh, it's okay, they, they don't know any better. But LeBron James is the older brother. He's the big brother that has to set the example. Why does it always have to be on him? If LeBron James does not win a championship, it's the end of the world. If anybody else doesn't win a championship, we move on. Move on like nothing happens. The I said this before, the Miami Heat were playing with house money, and there was no way that the Miami Heat were going to win this series unless Jimmy Butler played amazing every single game. I mean, is there a such thing as a gentleman sweep when it's four to two? If there is a such thing as that, this year was that year. Because look at the two games that the Miami Heat won. Jimmy Butler played out of his mind. He played all but, I think, 48 seconds in game five. He would have had to do that again in game six. And there's just no way he could have done that. Jimmy Butler has the mindset of a killer. But as far as the scoring, he just doesn't do it for some reason he could i mean jimmy Butler could easily go out there and average 30 points a game if he wanted to but for some reason he doesn't do it and it's not even that he doesn't do it today i don't think it was possible that he could have done it i just really think we have to start giving lebron his respect because you guys are really going to miss him when he's gone when lebron james retires and we look back on his career and we see all the numbers and we see the finals We're going to say, wow, that was a great player. And I'm telling you, you're going to look back and you're definitely going to you're going to appreciate him a lot more. And you're going to regret the fact that you weren't appreciating him at the time. I mean, if you think LeBron James made the wrong play by passing to Danny Green in game five, you, you don't know basketball. If you think LeBron James is not an a excellent NBA player, you don't know basketball. If you think Le- LeBron James isn't the most valuable player of this generation, you don't know basketball. I'm just saying. Don't miss him when he's gone. Give him his flowers now. Stop with the heat, y'all. All right, y'all, so I'm going to wrap it up real quick. Thanks for listening to anybody who listened out there. Like I said, tomorrow I have a guest lined up, a Steelers fan, so I can talk about the Eagles and the Steelers. But I just wanted to talk my stuff a little bit. So um, thanks for listening. And remember, it's just a game. Until it's not.